0: Our scripture lesson can be found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, beginning at verse 20 through 31. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be filled Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Let's pray. Bless, O Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. I came across an article this week of a lifelong blood donor. He started in college mostly because it was pretty painless and the hot homemade chocolate chip cookies. He started off donating pretty regularly but over the years began to be more sporadic. At some point he heard that his blood type was O negative which apparently is fitting of only 7% of the population, so he's a universal donor. After brief uptick in his donations, giving blood because of that rarity, life intervened and his motivation to donate waned. When he was about on his 50th or so donation, he learned something else. He is CMV negative, which means he never had whatever childhood virus is uh, named in those initials. Given these two qualities of his blood, he is one of the rare people that can give to premature or newborn babies. They call them quad donors because you can take the one donation and divide it into four for four babies. You know, eventually donating began to feel more like a duty than a joy. And his motivation dwindled again. Months would pass and Finally, he had had three or four calls from the Red Cross, and, they, he, and he said, all right, I'm gonna, I'll make an appointment. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm a quad donor. And the voice on the other end of the line got quiet. Through tears, she said, I've got to thank you. A few months earlier, I gave birth and my baby daughter had required over 12 blood donations. She said, my daughter is alive today because of people like you who are willing to step up. Regardless of the type of donation, my friends, any donation anywhere, to the local pantry, to the benevolence fund, to the mission trips, to the band boosters, to blood drives, isn't our primary motivation, anything that we give, isn't it filled with prayer and the belief and the hope that what we're giving or doing makes a difference? Perhaps all of us at one time or another have also felt more like giving was a duty, more than a joy, and even our motivation has dwindled. If that is the case, may I suggest we don't realize, we don't really realize the difference we make. Our first Sunday in this four-part series, we talked about recognizing God's presence in all things around us. Because being attuned to God's presence, to be aware of his creative activity all around us, still creating, moving, and making things new, and how we recognize Jesus' example as our gold standard for how we want to live out that awareness, recognizing, too, that the Spirit's voice whispers within us words of love and encouragement us, moving us into faithfulness and moving us through difficulty. On the second Sunday, Pastor Jennifer reminded us of the blessing it is to be persistent and how the founders of this congregation felt the relentless love of God to establish a church in this spot. Just where would we be as a church family without their faithfulness and willingness to respond to the voice of God? God invites us to be persistent in our faithfulness because there's just so much still broken in the world. Week three, we talked about the McCurdy mission trip and shared what it was like to be a blessing to give of ourselves. Everywhere we offer the love of Christ to others in service. If it's ASP, McCurdy, a Habitat wall build, prison ministry, or in Cuba offering the love of Christ through clean water, then we have loved as Christ loved among us. Today we wrap up our Blessing It Is annual stewardship campaign by taking stock of the work we do as a church family to become the blessing Christ wants and needs us to be, right here at 485 Cherry Bottom Road in the heart of Gahanna, 43230. Luke's text this morning offers four blessings to his followers, the people of God, to be encouraged in the difficulties of their days, and I would suggest even in the difficulties they would face in the life of church, recognizing that God's love and grace is the sustaining power that always provides for us. No one, no family of God, no church family understands this in such a way that they can lose hope the four blessings then are followed by four woes, offering warning to the comfortable that their self reliance and their confidence in their own strength is foolishness in the least and fake news at best. We are reminded that there's a divine human partnership found in the life of God's people designed to eradicate any notion that separates us from the love of God. As Paul said in Romans, we are persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor power nor height nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That we love as God did. As we love God with all of our hearts and we work at genuinely loving each other, there is no doubt in my mind that our level best is being done. But sometimes I wonder, are we really sure, do we think and believe that the way we love God and the way we love each other is transforming the world? It's a little hard to imagine. Well, I'd like to share how three theologians have the keys for us this morning, and they have it already figured out. May I introduce Caleb Bradshaw? Is Caleb with you? Caleb, wave, buddy. Oh, no, nope, I've embarrassed him. Sorry about that. Caleb is the oldest child of Rachel and Jonathan Bradshaw. He's happy, charming, Deadly so, and a chatty six year old on the move. About three or four weeks ago, Caleb came running up to me with two pieces of pink paper that, when you put them together, created a heart. He held them up and said to me, Pastor Lou, do you know what this is? This piece of paper is me, and this piece of paper is Jesus, and when you put the pieces together, that's what love looks like. Thanks be to God for Sunday school and good parents. He understands. And then I went to Kristen Frederick and I said, did you know that Caleb did this? And she goes, well, did you know? that the lesson was when you take a heart and we hurt each other, it breaks Jesus' heart. Jonathan took it the next step and knew that our strength comes when we're in Jesus' heart together. A six-year-old theologian knows that faithfulness must start with our hearts. May I also introduce you to Leah DeVries. Christy, her grandmother, shared Leah's story with me, and I'd like to share it with you. Leah knows that you've got to get your mission right. Christy writes, imagine Leah, who is almost eight, wearing fabric draped and sparkly fabric from the dress up box, sighing dramatically and saying, I don't know if I can be a saint when I grow up. I really want to be a saint. I asked her what she meant. And she said that it takes a lot of money to help people and she doesn't know if she'll have enough jobs to help people and give them food and to help them get clothes and to make sure they have somewhere to live. I told her that being a saint doesn't have to be some big dramatic thing. It can be little things to which Leah says, what's dramatic? I told her that being a saint can be, or being dramatic rather, is like Noah. Big, big ship. Lots of animals. Or Moses parting the sea so the people of Israel can travel through. Those are dramatic. She goes on to say, I believe that we can help people every day. We can share our food. We can smile at a lonely person. We can do small, helpful things. Leah's wheels began to turn in her mind, and she gave examples of how her mommy is helpful and how she shares her food. Listening intently, then she said, I want to be an everyday saint and help people every day, even if it isn't a big thing. Christy says she got chills when they had this conversation because it was clear that the Holy Spirit was working in this child's heart and in her mind. How important it is to understand you and I are everyday saints with a heart attached to everything we need. Now may I introduce to you Taylor Panavik, last but not least saint. Taylor was born with rubinstein tabey syndrome. When she was born, the doctors told her parents that she may never walk, talk, or read. Well, they didn't know Taylor. I had the great privilege of talking with Taylor about one of her very best friends, Caroline. Caroline was born with mitochondrial disease, causing her to be nonverbal and bound to a wheelchair. Taylor has written a book about Caroline called Mermaids, Princesses, and Memories. Just want to share a brief excerpt from the book. Caroline had long brown hair that fell over her shoulders in big, beautiful curls. She had bright blue eyes that danced around the room. She used a wheelchair. I had green eyes and blonde hair, usually in ponytails. I had a leg brace that kept my legs straight so I could walk. Caroline did not talk, but had so much to say. I was still learning to talk, but sometimes the words got stuck and I needed someone who would wait for my words to come. Caroline was my friend. We had a lot in common. We both liked to smile. We liked going outside. She was my friend. Our favorite things were to read books together. I would read the words, and Caroline would listen. She helped me become a good reader. I could always tell when she was ready for me to turn the pages. Caroline's eyes would shine when she thought something was funny, and sometimes if she was angry or didn't like something, she'd look away or make a sound that told me it was time to move on this delightful book chronicles a number of their adventures and then it shares that Caroline died. The day that Caroline passed, her mother went to tell Taylor that she had died and instead of saying anything, Taylor went to her room and shut the door. She said she had things to tell Caroline. When she came out of her room, her mother was crying, and she asked her why. Why are you sad? And she said, well, I'll miss her. And Taylor said, I'll miss my friend. But I thought about Caroline's can't-do body. On earth, she couldn't walk or talk. Sometimes she was in pain, but in heaven... She could walk and talk and dance and sing, and that makes me happy. At Caroline's funeral, Taylor took her pink and purple balloons. You'll have to read the book to find out about that. And she placed a card in her casket and told Caroline that one day she would see her again in heaven and they would both have can-do bodies to play and dance and sing. Now, when I had finished reading this book, it hasn't been published yet, but it's been written and illustrated. If it's not a bestseller, I just I will not be surprised. I said, Taylor, where did you get such a deep faith? And she said, God? And I said, no, no, that's not what I meant. I said, who taught you to love God? And she said, Jesus. The pastor had been schooled. Now understand that Taylor has written this book not only to honor her sweet friend, but she has written it to give the money to Caroline's family foundation. The foundation gives out $500 scholarship for kids' summer programs. Taylor wants to give $500 from her book. She's got a can-do heart, mind, and body, and she'll be about transforming the world. It is up to us as a church family to help each other connect these dots between our gifts to the church and the church's ability to do life changing ministry, to raise young theologians who are blessed beyond measure. Because they understood through a nurturing family and nurturing church engagement with Sunday school and Bible school and all of those things, that when they put their hands together, they are joining with the heart of God. They are the richest little things I've ever met. That the world is most in need of everyday saints who have the ability, even in simple ways, to communicate that love. And they have the heart of an everyday saint kind of service to make a difference in the world. Don't ever think your gift to the church is just about keeping the lights on and your pastors paid, although we deeply appreciate how well you do that. What you are doing best and most importantly is creating the space and support for saints in the making, saints of all ages, No, it's a blessing to be a blessing. Thanks be to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us pray. Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles. God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations, God of Caleb and Leah and Taylor. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and offer our thanksgiving and praise. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread.